the United States of Horror may contain some graphic or explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. How's it going? It's going quite wonderful. How are you doing, Kaylee? Not too bad, Jeff. And, um, <laughs> and we are the United States of Horror, I, I guess. guess. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> so today we have a very special guest with us. His name is Robbie. And Robbie, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? My name is Robbie, and I'm happy to be a part of this show. It's like <laughs> the cold case files, except it's all about the United States, which leaves out some of my friends in Canada, but that's okay, because <laughs> America's where it's at. I, I think they want to stay away from us anyway, eh? <laughs> <laughs> they probably do. Uh, so today, you can probably tell that we are going to be talking about Operation midnight climax so this is something that surrounds mk ultra we're probably going to just jump right into it because there's um you know a lot of details also robbie knows quite a bit about the subject so we're really excited for him to be joining us today this guy is phenomenal and super smart yep it blows my mind (laughs) yeah and to brag on Robbie a little bit he actually invited both Jeff and I to go on his own podcast out of the blank podcast um, which we'll leave all the links at the very end here so you guys can um, you know go ahead and follow him too but he yeah he had Jeff and I separately and then we were also in an episode together and we just kind of talked about true crime and conspiracy theories and cryptids and all kinds of fun stuff so I'm just happy you showed my town an episode with the murder that happened in my city that they played in my ninth grade class just for fun. Like, hey, let me tell you about our ghastly 60-minute episode that we have about our town where a couple came here and chopped up another couple and dumped them all around town. I'm like, wonderful. Glad to know where I parked my bicycle and grab an ice cream cone. There was an arm in there at one point. (laughs) Exactly. That's kind of the fun of the show. I guess not fun, but, you know, tell people about potential true crime cases that maybe they never heard about. We love to do that. We love to hear about it. (laughs) We don't love to hear about it. You know what I mean. (laughs) There's a lot of creepy, weird stuff in the world, and some things are mysterious and horrifying. That's what we like to talk about. Exactly. So, something mysterious. If your brain's not filled up with cryptid or Bigfoot talk, it's got to be filled up with something else. And honestly, I don't like bird watching, so I like talking about what's wrong with the world and how crazy humans can be at times. I like that. Exactly. Okay, so we'll just jump right into it. We're going to give you the bare bones, basically, and then go a, a little bit into detail. We'll just see how it goes. I'm excited. It's really interesting information. I'm excited to help show, show people how the dark side of the United States and what some of the things we do in the background. Yeah. So there's what do you a... mean, dark side of the <laughs> United States? There's nothing wrong with us here. We're bright and cheery and always optimistic. All I know is the United States is good at making everything number one. It could also be with horror-related topics. That's true. I guess. <laughs> go big or go home. <laughs> so do you want to start us off, Jeffy, or do you want me to start it off? Uh, I'll, I'll try. That way you can do some of it, too, later on. I want to sound important for once. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, Project MK Ultra, or just MK Ultra, you know, also called the CIA, 
mind control program is a code name given to the program of experiments on human subjects that were designed and undertaken by the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency, CIA, some of which were illegal. Well, no. (laughs) Some of which. Some, no big deal, just a little bit. Just, and when we say a little bit, it means a little bit. And feel free to interject at any point, Robbie. You're you're good to... Yeah, just go (laughs) ding, 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 and just slap me. Yeah. The easiest way to describe MKUltra is imagine how they talk about like the cannabis industry, how there's CBD, there's all these other things. It's like an umbrella. MKUltra, everyone thinks it's either a myth or it's just this crazy government program. It's a crazy government program, but it's not just one thing. It is like an umbrella, and there's so many other things following it. Like Exactly. I mean... It, it, I mean, they, there's a book coming out that Jeff knows. Uh, the dude spent 20 years searching the Charles Manson case, and they start finding out that drugs were involved in the Manson murders. And not only that, I've been listening to a lot of historical podcasts, and they're starting to talk about religion and all these things that we consider, like, from the Bible. They were heavily infused with drugs. I mean, from, like, psilocybin mushrooms to DMT to peyote. It's, like... We were all given this like a uh, fantasy type thing and then we're all like wow it must have been true and then somehow through all these years and years and years you're like wait a minute he did have superpowers and it's like hang on a second can we all just admit somebody slipped this lsd yeah so okay. yeah between lsd even mushrooms yeah. and psychedelic like drugs like uh hand pills and stuff they tested out different theories in different ways and different experiments in prison systems in the public into the uh, schooling even so they yeah. had tested a lot of different things so when you say mk ultra that could be several different things it's not just one particular project like robbie said it's kind of like an umbrella there's a lot of different aspects to it and today we're going to be talking about one specific train but go ahead yeah. keep going with what you were saying jeffy so experiments on humans were intended to identify and develop drugs mm-hmm. and procedures to be used interrogations in order to weaken the individual and force confessions through mind control mm. which sounds you know kind of like, okay that's crazy talk but if you think about it they have psychiat psych psychi- psychiatrists sorry uh <laughs> with joe bidening <laughs> um <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> Um, <laughs> is that a slang now? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Stop. Oh, gosh. But um, pretty much, they when you're getting interrogated, they use psych, psych, psychology. Psychology? Psychology. Man, I'm being bad. I'm bad at this, guys. <laughs> psychology and reverse psychology and get you to think something, say something, and admit to something sometimes. That's why people say... The justice system is messed up, or well, it could be, or maybe they tricked you into thinking it's messed up, or there's all these different avenues for what it is, and yeah, especially with the Cold War coming that came out of it, the Russians, all these other people, they are doing mind control soldiers and all this subliminal stuff in your mind. So we want to experiment it ourselves. The best movie to represent this, not even if we want to talk about the Operation Paperclip, where um, we split up a lot of the Nazi scientists, um, Russia and all these giant superpowers that were involved with the war, um, we all got our own pick. A lot of the Americans, we obviously chose people that were 
more designed for space technology. It's where our actual NASA rocket ship comes from, only because we were in the middle of a space race. Well, Russia started trying to develop a way of creating psychological warriors by figuring out if they could use drugs to maybe empower certain abilities in one's mind, thinking that it was this whole area to literally create a race of Jedi, which eventually they gave up on, like, all right, superpowers and humans, super soldiers. It's not going to happen. Well... We did about probably a few years later and it actually turned into a movie called Men Who Stare at Goats, which is Project Jedi at Fort Hero, which involved just, I mean, the craziest stuff you can think of when it comes to remote viewing, which during the time we were trying to find Osama bin Laden, remote viewing was involved. Um, it's basically like they would have this map and then people would try and hover their hand over like kind of like a psychic ability or get a feeling of where he might be and pinpoint it into an area. But with remote viewing and everything, great movie. I recommend it to anybody. Um, it's all about how far can our human's minds go? Cause we really mm-hmm. don't understand it. And the craziest thing you mentioned about psychology. So with MK ultra, now I took psychology in school and one of the projects I was studying on was MK ultra and a Canadian scientist, um, was involved in a lot of these experiments blanking on his name i hate to do that on your show (laughs) that's okay but he like i've read personal accounts of they would just bury a hole and they would put somebody in there and they would give them these drugs and have their eyes and ears basically so they can't hear and they can't see and they would just cover them with snakes (gasps) like and reading his account of things too and just the sensations he was feeling they they weren't good but they were like what is this what's going on what's happening to me you're in a hole and you have no idea what's happening to you you know you're paralyzed basically can't move because of the drugs yeah and schizophrenia is solved through electroconvulsive therapy which is when you shock the brain um basically whenever you get the symptoms your brain starts triggering certain things that's linked to schizophrenia you would get a shock so then you would be brainwashed into whenever you would start to get those without being hooked up to the machine you would feel like you're going to get shocked then it would stop it from happening that's been the main fix up to today with mental disorders when it comes to schizophrenia and stuff that's been the treatment they yeah. did that a lot with MK Ultra to brainwash people and also playing audio files over and over and over again while the person slept, kind of like a confidence mixtape, mm-hmm. but to make you what they would call a sleeper agent, which are these people like one day I could say something, a certain keyword, and you would just turn into a super double agent that wouldn't even remember what was happening. Kind of like, uh, like the Avengers. <laughs> well, like Bucky, yeah. They yeah. were like Imagine that on a full-on scale with thousands of people. Yeah. So... Very interesting. That sounds like a cheesy way of saying it, but yeah, and imagine that. It, even today, there's like this weird, I cannot remember what it's called, but it's where they use magnets to try and tri- like trick the brain, train the brain when it comes to anxiety. To It's some sort of weird, new, but kind of old school way of trying to fix anxiety and depression and that sort of thing. I wish I remembered what it's called, but I really don't. Well, yeah. Well, that's why they think that they used to be able to, like, he, like Robbie said, they can affect the brain to also give you super strength. They can affect certain parts of the brain to help you. Uh, it's like a giant wiring for a computer. Like you, a rewiring. Rewiring. Yeah. So you can literally become twice as smart at math and um, quick quick to reaction and stuff. But you can slow down over here. But they want to potentially release everything because we only, uh, as humans, we only use a little bit part of our brains. Yeah. And so if you use it any more than you're supposed to, you end up like 
Albert Einstein or all these famous scientists <laughs> who are who probably had better, you know, just slightly I think above. What Kaylee was mentioning was advanced transcranial magnetic stimulation yes. therapy. Thank you. <laughs> so, not only is that that is just bonkers that first of all when it comes to the mind i get very scared because um like i'm not scared of movies like killer movies like halloween or anything but then i saw the movie the visit when the grandparents were just mentally insane and not the actual grandparents spoiler alert for anybody listening (laughs) um that scared me the most because of how fragile our minds really are Mm -hmm. and it's man being able to brainwash people like even doing sleeper agents there's a famous one called candy jones um the reason why i remember her so specifically was she was known as the sexy badass uh secret spy agent of world war ii um she uh if i can don't mind me saying a little bit of backstory about her oh no go ahead uh, she was born on the same day as me which is why i remember it uh <laughs> december 31st so if anybody of you want to buy a birthday present for me uh, <laughs> But she was on a radio show and her boyfriend at the time was like trying to figure out, hey, what's a way to we could hypnotize her? And, you know, like, let's get a hypnotist on here and try and see if we can like hypnotize you, see if it works. And she was like, it's not going to work. And they had a hypnotist come in and they said a bunch of key stuff and started realizing that she's already been hypnotized or brainwashed. And they then they ended up uh, finding out like something snapping her back into what there was a sleeper agent type scenario and they looked up that information and they actually found videos online or not online of uh, videos or old files or something that she broke into with like a government type of like it's like kind of like a road that you've been driving on or something mm-hmm. and then somebody kind of like you know like there's a security guard on that road and he's like hey wait a minute they just cracked something so somehow it triggered and got into government hands or something and they actually showed them files of candy jones actually over here performing at these secret government bases where they're like that's you and it's like looking at yourself in a mirror like somebody just stole my face wow that's completely insane yeah and even like aside from all the like mind control stuff the power of suggestion is so strong and we talked about false memories in our episode about uh glitch in the matrix or alternate realities just how people can fabricate these false memories in their heads even just with the slightest suggestion um so someone could literally help you pretend you have an imagine like a scenario in your head and so you created something that you thought was your own, but then they really are the ones doing it to you. And it's just, it's crazy how... Yeah. It's like a train effect. And that's why... I always, it, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I always like wondering what uh, types of people would do this. Like, when we talk, we talk about serial killers, how do they mm-hmm. get there? How did they get like that? Yeah. And then I look at, like, how do people in, like, Operation Midnight Climax, for instance, start drugging other people, yeah. you know, to be able to watch the effects of it? And I'm like, that's like us with fish tanks. Anybody Literally. that owns an ant farm, you're <laughs> manipulating that background, and you're basically God in their eyes. Like, they might not know you even exist, but it's the factor of at any time you could end all of their lives. You get to watch them work. You get to feed them and see how they react. Well, yeah. um, I've I read this study where there's three closest animals relating to humans. They're dolphins, pigs, you know what else? Surprisingly, rats. Oh, yeah. Especially at a young uh, age. If you get three or four rats together, they fight over who's the dominant one. They have the same kind of like process of healing. They go for survival instincts right away, or if they, they can turn off to a certain degree until there's no way out, then that's when they start panicking. 
So they actually think rats are a lot more like humans than um, chimpanzees are even compared with our minds. So I was reading reading the book by uh, Jordan Peterson who suggests this in his theories that we're actually, that's why we test on rats, it's because we're more, most like them. We have the urge to play like they do, and once they have the play um, mood activate, whoever comes out on top of it is actually the control of the rat pack now. So, it's like the dolphins and these leader alphas, mm-hmm. but with rats. It's, and it was interesting how, he, he was saying how we are like them, and yeah. they copy our mannerisms too. And how we play tricks with these rats all the time, with the mazes and cheese and all this mm-hmm. experimenting. He's like, what if we're doing that to ourselves already? Interesting. We're all just rats in a cage? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we're that's, rats testing That's a little each other. too deep for me right now. It's too early yeah. in the morning. We're rats testing out other rats. That's very interesting. Let's just look at, like, drugging people. Obviously, from Bill Cosby, it's not the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's when, definitely, yeah. When it comes to so many things where the government does involve using drugs and I'll, I'll i know we haven't really touched on operation midnight climax yet but like even for men who stare at goats the movie the one dude mm-hmm. kevin spacey he starts drugging another one of his um army cohorts to test his effects to see if he can enhance the psychic ability of the guy gives the dude a massive amount of lsd and then starts doing flashing lights and like bdsm screaming music and stuff and it's like that person went crazy, walked out into the middle of the courtyard in front of everybody, butt-ass naked, and <laughs> shot himself. And then oh started when he was firing on guards first. And it's like, that's what happens. Yeah. I mean, you give LSD or you give drugs to people. The, sometimes these drugs can be so severe that it messes with their mental thing, causes increase of paranoia, mm-hmm. causes severe anger. I mean, if anything, like, that's anytime you probably check any of these autopsies either the person is drugged or the person that was involved doing all the killing is on drugs yeah yeah it does have a lot of powerful effects for sure yeah so So, where was i um (laughs) back to the sorry (laughs) oh no you're good we got i got a little distracted that's okay back to the death and murder i know right it's all on track like all on point so it's all good Um, the project who was organized through the office of scientific intelligence of the cia and coordinated within the united states army biological warfare laboratories so you know they're serious when they go through the warfare laboratories yeah other code names for drug related experiments were project bluebird and project artichoke Mm -hmm. so maybe those will be another one we'll talk about relatively soon but we shall see (laughs) The operation was officially sanctioned in 1953, reduced in scope in 1964, and further surtailed in 1967. It was officially halted in 1973. Supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> the program also engaged in illegal activities, including the use of U.S. and Canadian citizens as its unwitting test subjects would lead to controversy regarding its legitimacy. Yeah. So they they kind of took like a, what is it called, backdoor approach or, um, I don't don't know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Undiagnostic test. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead, Ravi, sorry. Well, the one scientist or researcher I was mentioning that was involved in the MKUltra, his (laughs) name is Harris Ispel. He's the main guy involved in the, I hope I'm, this is the right dude. Imagine if I just 
Yeah, here he is. So Harris Ispel was an American uh, pharmacologist and the director of research for the NIMH Addiction Research Center at the Public Health Service Hospital in Lexington, Kentucky from 1945 to 1963. He did extensive research on the physical and psychological effects of various drugs on humans, imprisoned narcotics offenders, um, early work investigated aspects of physical dependence um, to people that were addicted to opiates and uh, barbiturates. His later work, funded by the Central Intelligence Agency as part of the MK Ultra Project, mm-hmm. investigated psychedelic drugs, including LSD. The research was extensively reported in academic journals. And um, this was like all during the Cold War. But this is where I was reading the accounts of the people that this guy had tortured on. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he worked with so many people that were involved with Canada, um, all these scientists that they were just like, yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to be a part of this American discovery, this amazing research. It's like, hang on a second. <laughs> I, I get it. But like a lot of the people's accounts that I read were volunteers. And it's very, very weird because that line of volunteer means somebody offered up to do that position. Yeah. None of these people offered up to be tested with this heavily dose of drugs and put through these trials. What yeah. he wrote down is they were volunteers, which he he cataloged in his own diary saying volunteers they were people that were walking in thinking they were taking a pill like advil and then end up being butt-ass naked in a hole somewhere like Ugh. i don't know about you but that's not my saturday night <laughs> <laughs> i mean it could be I, i'm sure it's somebody's saturday night but it's definitely not ours <laughs> that's for sure um you want to try keely Sure, I can continue. MKUltra used numerous methods to manipulate its subjects' mental states and brain function. Techniques included the covert uh, administration of high doses of psychoactive drugs, so like we said, LSD, um, other chemicals, electric shock, or electroshock like we suggested or talked about earlier, um, hypnosis, sensory deprivation, isolation, verbal and sexual abuse, as well as other forms of torture, uh, which those are definitely forms of torture. <laughs> yeah, especially the sexual one. Imagine yeah. that. Well, it's just like breaking someone down, I guess, to kind of be able to mold them. Yeah, well, I, I re- from what I've read before, uh, they were more worried about that with like the church aspect. Because mm-hmm. that's when, I guess, some ch- major churches across the whole world were getting caught with like the pastor with the little boys and stuff. Yeah. And how they would follow them for like 10, 15 years and be that, you know, their altar boy for that mm-hmm. long. Why would they not leave in that time? Interesting. And so they thought maybe that could be like a religious thing that they can convert into a weapon like Charles Manson. Yeah. So he would have crazy parties. Yeah. And be viewed as the father. Yeah. And then, so. Yeah. Very that's what they're wondering. So this well, go- a lot of it, when it comes to testing, like even with um, Harris Ispel, yeah, he he was funded and requested by the CIA to use specific drugs like LSD, alcohol. It's all of an addiction thing. What happens yeah. is the weird part about Operation Midnight Climax is that they were people being drugged by the CIA that didn't know they were being drugged. Now imagine mm-hmm. you wake up with a nasty ass hangover and you realize you're addicted to something but you don't know what it is. Ooh. That's the mind games as of MK Ultra. The mind games were so ridiculous. The fact of you will do anything, an alcoholic will do anything to get one sip of alcohol. They mm-hmm. will kill somebody for a sip of alcohol. 
the manipulation isn't super, super extreme in the grand scheme of things because mm-hmm. people are so malleable. It's why we like to join into cults. It's why we join into groups. It's why mm-hmm. we want to go to Kathy's book club. It's mm-hmm. it's this whole like thing about us where we have this mentality that can be easily manipulated by a shiny object or oh yeah, uh, you know the follower, the followers and the views of the Facebook group. Oh, I'm one of the top fans on this page group that has eight thousand fans. I'm the boss. I'm in charge. Yeah, to put it in, like, Facebook terms. <laughs> the, the D.A.R.E. program would be pissed. <laughs> yes, they would. <laughs> oh, gosh. So the scope of Project MK Ultra was broad, with research undertaken at more than 80 institutions, including colleges, universities, hospitals, prisons, and pharmaceutical companies. The CIA operated using front organizations, although sometimes top officials of these institutions were aware of the CIA's involvement. So kind of like what we were talking about, uh, Project MKUltra was first brought to public attention in 1975 by the Church Committee of the United States Congress uh, and Gerald Ford's United States President's Commission on CIA Activities Within the United States, so also known as the Rockefeller Commission. Yeah, so from I, I read this one. I heard this one podcast in which they think you know who uh, was before Ford, right? Wasn't it JFK? Or was or, it JFK? Was it JFK? Or was it someone else? Oh God, please don't ask me about the presidents. Oh, I don't remember. I just, from what I remember, Trump, is it Trump's <laughs> the one we got now? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the last three, so. Um, I, I believe, though, they, they started a lot of this stuff hardcore with JFK, and JFK found out about it, and he was going to stop a lot of it with the CIA. So there was that weird conspiracy theory where they killed him because he was going to turn against everyone, go against the whole world, and the CIA and Ford Russia. became the first he, vice presidency by Richard Nixon. Oh, Richard Nixon. It was Nixon. Oh, okay, okay. and then uh, uh, Nixon was going against... Okay, I remember now. Sorry, guys. I don't know if Ford I... defeated for Ronald Reagan. Check that out. Yeah. Google. So, uh, Google. Yeah, Sorry. So, so We're fact-checking ourselves. Ford was with Nixon, and then Nixon was also going against, you know, the JFK, and the, that was kind of Democrats. So a lot of people thought they were all connected through governmental powers or the CIA battling Russians, the Cold War. So they didn't know if it was a weapon for them or against the human, uh, not the humans, <laughs> or it is now, but he, yeah. against the United States versus Russia, or the Russia versus the United States, or a battle within this own country. So that's why a lot of people thought um, JFK was going to release all this information eventually, and that's why the government killed him as a conspiracy theory. You mean Nixon? Man, this is going to turn into a JFK oh, wait, episode. I'm so confused. Yeah, and, and I'm anyway, confused it's fine. If, if we're wrong, somebody will tell us. I don't know. <laughs> So, investigative efforts were hampered by CIA Director Richard Helms. Um, oh, wait. by Oh, CIA Director Richard Helms ordered that all MKUltra files be destroyed in 1973. The Church Committee and Rockefeller Commission investigations relied on the sworn testimony of direct participants at and on the relatively small number of documents that survived Helm's destruction order. So in 1977, a Freedom of Information Act requested 
uh, request uncovered a cache of 20,000 documents related to Project MK Ultra, which led to Senate hearings later that year. So, like, for people who maybe didn't know, like, for me, I, I've heard about MK Ultra, but it was always just like, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. But, like, this is legit. Like, there's actual files, there's actual information, and stuff that on you, the cia website you just gotta search for it yeah like, I, the cia doesn't hide any of this no they keep it all on their site but if you click on it every freaking thing in the documents like blacked out besides like mm-hmm. but and then like three words over it'll be like whole and then it'll be like five words down it'll be like <laughs> together and then yeah. it'll be like at the bottom wiggles and you're like what does any of that having to do with any i don't know what that means yeah unfortunately they re- redacted a lot of it and we probably won't know the entirety of what exactly happened but what we do have is like we said people's testimonies of course you know we have to rely that they're being truthful and honest and upfront about everything but like this is legit like this happened and it's not just some conspiracy theory like there's evidence that this has happened when i heard as a kid about it i was like okay it's just you know one or two experiments like the stanford experiment it was just one or two like little things and then um my father told me a lot about this and he's like no it was like 70 80 different things going on at once there's a course over course like 20 years yeah it's still going on to this day and i was like Huh, interesting. So, and the more you look into it, the you know, the deeper it goes, and it's all over the world in different areas. And they have one in Australia and even and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, some of the surviving information regarding MK Ultra was actually uh, declassified in July of 2001, and then in December of 2018, so just a few year- years ago, declassified documents included a letter on an unidentified doctor discussing work on six dogs made to run, turn, and stop via remote control and brain implants. <laughs> so there's there's a lot to it, and there's a lot that we would like to discuss, but today specifically we're going to hone in on Operation Midnight Climax. Which sounds like a porno. Which do not look on Amazon <laughs> Don't Prime because it will get a porno. <laughs> yeah. We tried to see if there was any, like movies or anything any documentaries on specifically the operation midnight climax but all we found were climax (laughs) (laughs) it's either a really good porn or it's a really like camouflage brand of condom company where it comes in different versions of camo so i don't think that they really thought out well i guess it, it 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 does really fit in with what they were doing so all right. Do you want to get into discussing what that was, Jeffy? Yes, I will. So And Robbie. And Robbie. Just interrupt whenever you want to say, shut up, Jeff. <laughs> operation Midnight Climax was an operation carried out by the CIA as a sub-project of Project MKUltra, the mind control research program that began in the 1950s. So pretty much already said that. So I don't know why I just repeated that. That's okay. Because that's how my notes are. Because I'm, I'm Jeff. It was initially established in 1954 by Sidney Godleb and placed under the direction of the Federal Narcotics Bureau in Boston. Bureau. 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 I want some Bureau. (laughs) Bureau Zero. All right. Massachusetts. Boston, Massachusetts. I I don't have that that accent. We need Robbie for this. We need Boston. There you go. (laughs) Thank you, buddy. With the officer, George Hunter White, under the uh, pseudonym pseudonym of Morgan Hall. (laughs) I was about to say, 
um, before the program was were shut down, hundreds of scientists would work on them. So hundreds kind of, of scientists. Hundreds. The fact that hundreds of people were in on this, and like you said, kind of just like ants under a microscope or rats in a cage, it's insane. Like, I don't care about, you know, potentially torturing all these people. I got a good paycheck. (laughs) So, um, the project that started in 1554. 19. Sorry, 1554. (laughs) Back in the good old days. Wow. 1954 consisted of a web of CIA-run safe houses in San Francisco, Marin County, California, and New York City. So, first thing I thought about... From coast to coast. Or coast to coast, or major bay areas. That's why San Francisco? Well, there's a lot... There's big influxes of um, immigration there in both cities, and... That was a big wave of uh, free love, free religion, free war, no war... People like Charles Manson, people like the Zodiac Killer, people like them, they all came from this little located area in New York. Yeah, that's true. They were very progressive cities. It was established in order to study the effects of LSD on consenting individuals. Unconsenting. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what the government said, right? They They were not consenting. (laughs) (laughs) So, prostitutes or sex workers. Sex workers. Sorry, that's what they have under the... Titles, so but now they're sex workers on the CIA payroll. Look, they're classy individuals, Jeff. Don't mess with them. I know. I know. I, your episode with the the lady with the brothel—that was so funny. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Oh, yeah. We'll get off topic. And if you if you guys don't know what we're talking about, then you're just gonna have to go to Out of the Blank. Subscribe and, and listen to his episodes. Exactly. He has I so many. So many questions, <laughs> and I'm moving to Australia. I found my new job. Australia is, I guess, a lot like America. But, you know, hardcore. <laughs> so It's like the Wild West of America. Oh, well, you get the, the oh, no, kangaroo. Just, okay. the, no. No, no accent? Okay. I don't want anybody from Australia coming for us. <laughs> uh, where was I? Oh, no. Uh, I lost my place. Why'd you go forward? I don't know. I always go forward. So, sex workers on the CIA payroll were instructed to lure clients back to the safe houses where they were stereotypically plied with a wide range of substances including LSD, and monitored behind one-way glass. So literally ants under a microscope. Imagine these guys like, hey, I'm going to get some. And then, nope, you're going to get some drugs, all right? (laughs) Poor people. I mean, I feel like it's okay. Like, I I wouldn't mind. I mean, I'd be upset, obviously, if I was slipped drugs. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you told me that you were going to put LSD in my glass before I took a sip of it, I'd be way more like, like not hesitant to really take that sip. But, you know, they these people really didn't understand what was happening to them. I mean, I read the accounts of a guy named Wayne Ritchie Mm -hmm. um, who came out about this whole experiment that he was involved in. And he was just talking about being at a holiday party, you know, drinking bourbon and soda. And next thing you know, he started getting really, really dizzy. And the room began to spin on him and this is when uh eventually he went you know try to flush his face out you know so walk into the bathroom put a little water in your eyes see if that'll wash out the lsd uh 
and he came back and just started getting severe paranoia that everybody that he was with were working against him and collaborating against him where eventually he snuck out like literally just talked about how he felt like he had to escape and going to different bars and kept drinking and drinking and eventually started getting super violent like, oh wow imagine cops just rolling down a you know, in like a let's say like a nice uh, what's that movie Green Hornet with Seth Rogen, where they're in the freaking <laughs> yeah those Men in Black cars and just rolling and watching a dude just throw a chair through a window, all these types of things, and while this guy's going on a drunken rampage, everybody thinks it's the alcohol, but literally he's been tricked with LSD, and you don't mix those things. Like you don't mix drugs and drinking at any time, even with pot and drinking you're not supposed to do that because the effects can be too much lsd and bourbon and even a diet coke on top of that you're killing yourself yeah that's <laughs> i mean if you go into it knowingly obviously you're you can somewhat prepare yourself and and be more aware but if you're just going into it and having no idea and like you said drinking on top of it how damaging can that be? I mean, you could go out and kill somebody, you know, and then come out of it, and technically it's not your fault. It's not like you went in with the intention of murdering someone. You're just trying to have a good night or potentially hire a sex worker, and then, bam, <laughs> you're in jail for the rest of your life or whatever. So that's just, that's insane. Yeah. It's insanity. So every one of these acts was blatantly illegal <laughs> of course and yeah. several significant operational techniques were developed in this theater including extensive research into sexual blackmail wow. so that's poor guys you know get drugged blackmailed well actually not, no well because they they paid so technically that's their fault yeah. they engaged in it two-way street so I, I guess. Uh, surveillance technology and the possible use of mind-altering drugs in field operations so, yeah. you know, the whole waking up in the bathtub, naked, not knowing where you are with your socks on with sandals. They're not going to pass that random UA at work. <laughs> what movie are you watching where some dude is wearing socks and sandals? Anybody that is wearing socks and sandals deserves to be in a bathtub of ice with their kidneys <laughs> taken out. I'm sorry. I have a thing against that. I'm just saying. How about Crocs then? Crocs Sand and socks. Crocs and socks. <laughs> And drugs by I the commend anybody that can wear Crocs because anytime I've ever worn Crocs, I don't know what it is, but it's like wearing a blanket when you sleep in the middle of the night. Like a lot of people don't like it when it covers their feet. Yeah, that's how I am with Crocs. That rubber part, I don't like that. I, like when my toe rubs up against it, it's like if you took your nails and put them on a chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you got to put the backing on there. You know, like secure it in there, right? So you're not slipping and sliding everywhere. Shoes don't have attachments or add-ons. Why do Crocs have to have add-ons? <laughs> add-ons, I wonder, were the pins, and they were all Mickey Mouse. I know someone that has a, a no. bottle opener attachment. <laughs> that man's a genius. Or woman. <laughs> woman. I, I thought they should put, the, you know, the wheelies, wheels on the Crocs. Yeah. So they're Heelys. Yo, Crocs. Jeff, let's bring back Heelys. Yes. Wouldn't that be so cool with your Crocs? <laughs> All of them drunk redneck people. Just silence from Rami. He's like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, Jeff, sure. I might get two pairs myself. Honestly, that's a good idea, but I'd rather be in prison. Than <laughs> You'd rather be in the bathtub with socks and sandals. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So the Operation Midnight Climax program. I deserved it. <laughs> was soon expanded, and the CIA operatives began dosing people in restaurants 
bars, and beaches. The safe houses were dramatically scaled back in 1963 following a report by CIA Inspector General John Ehrman, which strongly recommended closing the facility. So, they, I think what happened was they got too big too fast. They started experimenting way out of their scope, and I think people yeah, said... Yeah, with restaurants and everything. And beaches and everything else. And just like we discussed, imagine just sitting down for a meal with your family and then going bananas because you have no idea that you've been drugged. That's terrifying. Like, they'll, they'll get, like, a paranoia kind of medicine, yeah. like, like, drugs. That way you think you will see something, and then they'll have people walk by in army suits, so you think you're getting invaded by some Russians or something, so you start <laughs> freaking out. You start fighting the other people in the restaurant, and then... So yeah, they would do like weird stuff like that. Yeah. Like they would have the cook. The funniest, the funniest thing came into my mind. Imagine your cops arresting whatever your cousin, and you're like, "What happened?" He's like, "All we did was she said Coke or Pepsi, and he just lost it. I mean, we had the pancakes got delivered, and then he just lost it. He wanted waffles. I think that's what started it. And then he got pancakes, and then the Coke or Pepsi question, and now I'm getting anxiety." Well, you know, if it was Jeff, then I probably would have been like, oh, yeah, they, they shouldn't have asked. They should have just gave him the Pepsi. They just get me whatever. <laughs> have you ever gone to a restaurant and asked for RC soda? The third choice soda? They're mine. Where do you, I don't, are you... Are you trying to, like, have the person's mind explode? Like, so many... That was, that's a question that throws off anybody. You don't know what RC Cola is. <laughs> or, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, do you have RC soda? And then the, the people are like, how about Coke? No, I want RC. <laughs> and like, we don't have that. Well, I want it. Have to go back to 1985. I know. Or whatever. But yeah, but they would do little stuff to people in the restaurant. Like like I said, like like I was making that joke. You would say, hey, can I have a, you know, an orange soda? And they come back with a grape soda. And you're like, I asked for orange. Like, no, you didn't. Now you're questioning yourself. Well, it's just like, the, you know, go ahead. I, I must say, I don't know what upsets me more about this Operation Midnight Climax than the fact that, like, I don't like that, like, it's kind of like the war horse, uh, or it's like the four, uh, the four deadly horsemen. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like war, trying to split people up and get them to attack each other. And that's kind of what this was. Like, I mean, you're literally slipping drugs and you're like the puppet master, which is like the whole idea of a shadow society, which is like, you're watching the effects unfold from the safety of your car through a one way glass window. Like you're just watching it all this destruction happen, seeing how people were more than happy to turn against each other when they're dazed and confused. Like the best representation I've ever heard of this was actually this morning. I was on my phone on, um, and someone put up a picture that was, like if you take a hundred ants um red ants and a hundred black ants and you put them in a jar and you shake that jar and you set the jar down and let all the ants come out they start ripping each other apart because they're natural enemies Uh but they should be more paying attention to the person that is their real enemy which is the one who shook up the jar exactly yeah and that's what i think is going on in like the big picture today's world not to get political but genuinely it's it's People are going after each other when, in fact, we should be uniting against the true enemy. Yeah. Which is the one shaking the jar. <laughs> Can I be the red ant? They have flying sure. ones. Oh, that's I won't be a flying red ant. Because at, on my old property, we had black ants and red ants one time, one year. They were fighting each other. There was literally hundreds of thousands of them fighting. Yeah. It was wonderful. Imagine some person gave you LSD and then took away, like, gave you a drug that paralyzed you, and then they 
put a blindfold on you, put earphones on your head, and they just had like soothing jazz play while you they just dumped ants on top. No, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, uh, nope. I would just be like, just kill me, just kill well, me. I would literally rather die. And that's why they think a lot of us are like ants because we have that one queen. We have that sensory where we have to attach to certain things. That's why they think that Facebook and technology is a way to communicate with each other through that system. So we are like little ants now, or like little honeybees. I get, yeah, I guess in a way. So that's that. Way, like I saw that me that picture too, and I was like, it was beautiful. So I'm glad you saw it too this morning and brought it up because I totally forgot about it. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's a good um, point. For, for, first of all, I want to say that there's one thing about honeybees that makes us not honeybees. Not only the fact that they're insects and we're not insects. Yeah. But when there's a queen, the queen will try and sense out the other possible queens in the hive and kill them so she can reign supreme well yeah that's kind of like politics though anyway <laughs> i guess damn it that was a point against me <laughs> or like the mob mob style mobsters in chicago yeah that's if, true you're the kingpin if you have anyone else try to fight against you you have all your minions go against them you either, and if you have like rival gangs their mortal enemy is the cops so they can group go up back to, to the mafia days, dude. Oh my god, that's so much easier when you just can like draw a line in front of your neck, which means kill that guy, and then somebody killed them. And instead of now, it's like Twitter. Let me just annihilate this guy through social media. It's like I'd rather you just take the barbed wire to my neck. Yeah. Are you okay, Robbie? No. No. This <laughs> drugging people is upsetting me because I'm still thinking about the guy that's probably eating the pancakes, but he's on LSD, so he can't enjoy them. I know. <laughs> I wanted waffles, not pancakes. Uh, all right, Jimmy. What else uh, you got? So what else I got? Sorry, my phone turned off. Okay. Um, okay. Um. So the San Francisco safe houses were closed in 1965, and the New York City safe house soon followed in 1966. In 1974, the journalist Seymour Hersh exposed the CIA's illegal spying on U.S. citizens and how the CIA had conducted non-consensual drug experiments. Good job. Finally, a good reporter exposed the government. So. Yeah, you can't. All right. First of all, I want to say what their, uh, what do you call it, um, their statement was that uh, against the drugging, uh-huh. they go... Well, we're CIA, and we got drugged also, but we knew about it. It's like, you don't understand, though. They also added on this part. They go, but our drugs weren't as severe. There's the, just, if you want to cut that out, then it's like, okay, we understand, like, you drugged yourself as well. No, no, no. You put a heavier dosage, like, it's when you're hanging out with a friend. If you're going to put Molly in your own drink, you're going to put a little bit. Then you're going to see your buddy, like, what happens if I put a little bit more in his? And then they drink. It's that whole thing. It's not you, so it's way more easier to test than if you were testing it on yourself. Yeah. And yeah. one of the reports was um, we couldn't. We only had to do a little bit for us, and we had to do harder sentences for people who are normal citizens because that's who would be, we would be targeting in Russia. We wouldn't be targeting the higher people. We would be causing an uproar with the citizens going against the government. So They, they said, could have did this in a way better way. I'm oh, just yeah. saying. 
not the fact of being more ethical, but you could have, instead of drugging a random person or somebody at, like who's having sex, that's the whole thing is they did it with used prostitutes because if you're picking up a prostitute, that's illegal. So if you go to tell mm-hmm. the cops and they don't get any ramifications, but go to Woodstock. Hey, buddy, you want some LSD? Hell yeah. And they take <laughs> it and you just watch them go nuts. Exactly. And you'd be like, oh, we'll take you even home and give you one hotel stay night. And then it turns out to a week. <laughs> exactly. Well, and two back to the whole sex worker thing, that's just like a serial killer mindset. They think, oh, well, nobody's going to miss them anyway, and nobody's going to tell on me because they're sex workers, so who's going to really miss this person? Who's really going to say anything? And then they blackmail them, so they're also part of it now, too, so it's like a... It's just terrible. All around, it's terrible. There's nothing in that that would is the slightest bit... Uh, Satisfying? Not satisfying. <laughs> it's not the slightest bit ethical. I'm not against human rights, but I'm just saying the government covered all their bases. I'm just saying. They yeah. always do. They, they always they, do. Yeah, that's for sure. So um, Seymour's report started... Uh, his report started the lengthy process of bringing long suppressed details about MK Ultra to light. So he began to un- unravel the yarn, so to speak. Uh, Project MK Ultra came to light in the spring of 1977 during a wide-ranging survey of the CIA's Technical Services Division. And John K. Vance, a member of the CIA Inspector General staff discovered that the agency was running a research project that included administering LSD and other drugs to unwilling human subjects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have the news report from the CIA. We do not do anything illegal with those humans. Get over yourselves. <laughs> this doesn't have a date on it, though, so I don't know when it was... I was say, can you read it, or is it blacked out like everything? No, it's dated? totally not blacked out. So, it probably was a public like one to the public from yeah. the CIA. That's probably why. Who's Turner? Did we talk about him earlier? It's kind of lengthy, but this is what was put out. So it's the newsman, the director of C, the Central Intelligence, appeared today in San Francisco, and he asked the, the city's forgiveness for that spy agency's operation of a body house at oh of a body house at 2250 Chestnut Street during the mid 50s Turner said the operation Midnight Climax wherein suspecting unsuspecting citizens were lured to this Telegraph Hill apartment for the CIA drug exper- experiments were in his words ab- abhorrent but the CIA chief said he didn't know much about the operation since he hadn't spoken with the mastermind So, Turner, the CIA is not involved in investigating Americans, and we also did not want to appear to be influencing Gottlieb in any way to testify or not testify. testify. I have not communicated with him since these new documents became available. And then Newsman. Admiral Turner said there were no such operations now. He did emphasize, however, the CIA continues to deeply to be deeply interested in the international drug trade, but the CIA's mind control experiments, he said, are all past history. So basically, I guess I wanted to read that mostly because that's an actual... Quote from them. Yeah. 
So it's them admitting that it did happen and apologizing for the experiments that were done. And that they were trying to just battle the drug war across the world. Yeah. Which and that's, is interesting. That's on CIA.com. So that's legitimate. That's from them. It's not even from a, an alternate source. Like, it's from the CIA. There's a couple other news articles, but... Like, um, this one? No, that, it's oh, all... That's TikTok. It's, it's all in that. TikTok, get away, government. <laughs> so that... When we try to read that? I don't, it's up to you. We, that's a lot. We don't have that's to like read the That's like the same thing we just thing. talked about. Yeah. I just wanted to touch on those couple quotes. We don't have to go through the whole... It's just the fact that... Yeah. Yeah. So... My grandfather always warned me to never trust the CIA and never go near <laughs> Chestnut Street. I'm just saying. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. That's insane. Now I think I know what he meant. <laughs> But that's, I mean, that's pretty much all that we had on it. Do you have anything else you'd want to add, Robbie? Uh, really? I just, I mean, besides I, the article, usually a lot of my stuff comes from Wayne Ritchie, the guy that was in the diner and stuff that uh, thought everybody was out to kill him. I mean, he thought he was going to be dead when he got caught. I mean, he sentenced five years in prison. And he's wow. probably the only one of the living people from MK Ultra left. And he did a news report where he talked about, like, you know, he was getting these waves of paranoia where he ended up freaking out on everybody that was involved in the diner, pulling a gun out, you know, from his car and mm -hmm. just trying to attack everybody until he was distracted by a waitress and a, somebody came up and hit him upside the head. Next thing you know, he wakes up in handcuffs and he's trying to explain to these people that what happened to him, that he's been drugged or something was wrong with him. Yeah. And that's five years later he spends in a prison and it's like imagine that like <sighs> yeah it's absolutely unacceptable and like you said it could have been done in a much different way i understand like them wanting to figure out the effects but doing it in a mo more controlled environment where you're not ruining someone's life because that's got to be it's going to be on his record forever i'm sure or at least for a while that affects his life completely I mean, I'm sure he lost his job if his family didn't believe him or stand by him. I, that would be hard to believe and understand. Like, if you were out to dinner with your family and your husband just gets up and starts acting crazy, like... Tries to kill people and everything. And you can't even... You don't know exactly what's wrong with you, so it's hard for you to communicate that. I said no bacon! <laughs> Why is my skin on fire? <laughs> Why are you coming for me? I did nothing. Why are you wearing sandals with socks? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I read some somewhere, DC uh, comic books, The Scarecrow, mm -hmm. is actually based off of the MK Ultra project. Oh, really? His character, because pretty much he poisons people and tricks people to doing whatever he wants, like do what you fear most. Oh yeah, uh huh. So. I don't know if you ever... getting drugged by a sex worker or getting drugged by a guy in a scarecrow outfit. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's the same exact thing. And I, and the, <laughs> is it the same thing? It is, because one of the games uh, I played for Bat Batman Arkham series, uh -huh. in the opening scene, there's a restaurant in which the whole everyone in there starts fighting each other, beating each other up, because uh, a poison gas, mm -hmm. mind-numbing thing, went in there was made everyone go crazy. Yeah. So, well, the Joker well, kind of did something similar too, the yeah. laughing gas. So yeah, so a lot of this was actually based on MK Ultra. And uh -huh, that like, would make sense because it was all brought out to light, and the CIA was like, "Oh yeah, it's just a couple experiments, no big deal." Yeah. And then so people were like you know Batman care creator and stuff like, "Oh, let's put it into comic." Now it's like a crazy thing now, 
like you, but Robbie said, this guy experienced it and it actually happened to him. Yeah. So it's funny how it went my from. My drug dealer's name is Cinnamon, and I'd rather get my drugs from Cinnamon over to the Scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine so. Have you ever done a Cinnamon challenge? <laughs> yes. It and sucks. If we're not talking about the stripper, we're just talking about the normal challenge, and I've done that too. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, I almost died. That was awesome. I hate cinnamon now. Cinnamon? Cinnamon. That cinnamon? I hate cinnamon for a different reason. Not that she uh, robbed me of my money, but I also drank a whole bottle of Fireball in a matter of an hour, and for the next two days i was running on a treadmill to try and run it all off and Ooh. i sweated nothing but cinnamon so mm. i can't even be in the same room so i'm sure you get especially triggered during christmas time when all those like cinnamon scented pine cones are out <laughs> i can tell you one thing i fight a lot of people in stores because of that oh, and I'm also sure. <laughs> i love french toast so you could just take out a denny's out of my vocabulary ever <laughs> I love Denny's. Exactly. Yeah. But um, isn't it crazy how they use what people like the guys with uh-huh. the sex workers what they wanted, and they ended up they ended up being part of it. They, so they used what they were wanting, needing anyway, with their brain, and they targeted certain aspects of their brain to make it where. Oh man, I wonder if that affected them long term when it came to like having sexual relations with anybody, imagine them having, like, sort of a PTSD with that. Oh, oh yeah. And, like, uh, the the person I was reading from Jordan Peterson, the per- all the people that made LSC, the original guy that made it, how um, it was weird for him to make it. And, like, how... What was how, that? how do you make a drug is what I want to know. Like, like how all do you, experimenting? How do you go about that? I got a really good... So, imagine... You, t- you get drugged by the CIA in one of these experiments. Uh-huh. And you go to jail for five, ten years. And you get out. And then you're at a, you're, you know, you go back home or something. And somebody goes, hey, man, you want to try some LSD with me? Well, sure. Then you take it and you start remembering this is what it felt oh, like ten no. years ago. And then put it, connecting all the dots. Oh, man. That's a movie script, yo. Yeah, that is for sure. Can you even, I can't even wrap my head around that. Like I've never, especially me being someone who's never experienced any sort of mind altering drug. I've, I've gotten drunk maybe twice in my life. So for me to go, and if that were to happen to someone like me who really doesn't touch any of that, I think that I would have gone like completely insane because I mean, for one, I'm a lightweight, so it probably wouldn't take much. So if it was a strong dose, I'd be gone. You guys probably wouldn't see me ever because I'd probably go off the rails and either kill somebody or kill myself. I don't know. Well, that's why a lot of these drugs, and even they're finding out about marijuana, can cause schizophrenia if you get like a too like the wrong person. I I've mean, heard I've never that. had a good, I've never had a good high for marijuana. Never. It's just it's always been too much, and I've always gone into this. And let me tell you, your brain will trip through some paranoia stuff. It'll go through some insane, intense roller coasters of a ride. Anything that can bend reality, but yeah. From t- my cousin, like for instance, this is his kind of lifestyle. He's in his late late thirties. Shout out to him if he's listening to this. <laughs> but he one day goes, "You want to try some Molly?" I'm like, "Want to try some Molly? What do you mean? <laughs> it's not candy." And he just pulls out a bag that has twelve little tabs in it, and he goes, "I'm gonna take some Molly, and I'm gonna go in the woods." And I'm like, 
That sounds Bro, dangerous. <laughs> I live in a beach town. There are no woods. <laughs> where are the woods? By Canada, so, eh? <laughs> he went where there's a golf course and they have the woods out there. Yeah. And he tripped on Molly the whole freaking day. <laughs> but he's the type of guy who's explained to me, um, and I actually had a, one of my favorite comedians on my podcast to talk about it, which was his salvia trip. Mm-hmm. This oh, yeah. salvia story will make you lose your mind on what is real and what is not real. Yeah. He was gone 45 seconds in reality, like real time, only 45 seconds, but spent eight years in an alternate dimension living a whole nother life in Austin, Texas, when he did it in Alaska. He smoked it in Alaska, sunk through the floor, and lived this whole other life where I was talking to him, and you can hear his sympathy in his voice where he almost started crying because he was like, I couldn't tell if my kids were the trip, and this was reality. Like, his brain, it's one of those coma scenarios. Like, does their brain create, like, a my name is Earl type coma scenario where you're living in a home, and then next thing you know, you just wake up and you're 40. You're like, wait a minute, what happened to my life? My brain was on autopilot. That's what the drug salvia is like. My cousin had taken it, and he talked about how he lived five lives in the amount of time, like, about an hour in real life. And I was like, how do you live five lives? He goes, dude. I was a 75-year-old Chinese man who had a heart attack in a living room, and my grandkids watched me die. And he started crying, and I was like, oh, my God, like, you think that actually happened? He goes, it takes you down some rabbit holes, and it's so hard to not fall and have your brain shatter that what is reality. Yeah, and that's why they want to experiment with people in prison. Like that's what me and Robbie talked about before. Like, yeah. what if that was some way to treat people for like um, a mental illness or something? Like, oh, like kind of try to, I guess, train certain aspects. I've heard about that kind of how people can, um, I guess, microdose to get rid of certain aspects, like uh, not aspects, to get rid of like anxiety or help treat their like chronic. Um, what am I, I still bring Depression. up my prison reformation program, which is anybody that's getting the death penalty on death row, just have them smoke salvia because that brings the biggest introspective thing into your life where you're like, I'll never hurt another human soul again. <laughs> I mean, if they're, if they're in prison for the rest of their lives or on death row, like, why wouldn't you jump at the chance to potentially See, that's where they should you know, be experimenting with totally those people true. not Even, with random people I, I still don't think unwillingly i think that maybe you should try to like you know get them to participate willingly and if they're bored in a prison cell then why not you know like why, <laughs> okay, why wouldn't they so write some well no i'm not saying like <laughs> force them into it i mean why wouldn't they want to volunteer yeah, especially yeah, like if you, you got 25 years to life or something, be like, hey, you have this sentence or I'll give you this 20 times salvia and it's going to it's gonna take you for a ride. You might feel like you're gone for 25 years, but you'll only be gone an hour. And I guarantee you afterwards you're going to be a completely different person. It's like a reformation project. You just, I mean, if, if somebody's on yeah. death row about to die anyway, give them a drug to change their perspective on life and see what happens. But ask them first. Yeah. Don't just fucking hit them with the dosage. Exactly. I think that there really should be experiments on how it could potentially benefit society or benefit us as people. You just got to do it a better way than bringing people in unsuspectingly and just drugging them without their knowledge. (laughs) That sounds like a MySpace rave. What? If you're wearing (laughs) socks and sandals, you deserve to be drugged. 
Yes. But no, um, I don't know if you were ever heard of it, but Robbie mentioned MySpace before. Uh-huh. MySpace actually had a scene where all you would go do is go rave and go to parties yeah. in the middle of the desert. Uh-huh. You know, where where not furries, but uh-huh. you would dress up, get candies and stuff, take yeah. a lot of LSD, and just yeah. party and Burning rave man. and EDM dance and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Burn you, Man kind of stuff. Burning Man? That one? Yeah. Imagine that, but they would have like mini ones with raves on MySpace. So like all these like twenty year old people. Well, yeah, I had a go- bunch of friends that would do like foam parties and all those other kind of raving. Now, imagine if you put LSD in the bubbles. In the bubbles? Can so, you, can and you, you soak it through. It? Yeah, you can soak it through your skin. Is that how that works? <laughs> you can ingest it, but what if they can somehow make it work and go through your skin like uh, essential oils? I don't know. That's you, crazy. You use that essential oils on your head and get rid of headaches now. That's a freaking Green. business plan. LSD oh, for CBD oil. <laughs> TM, TM, TM. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get that. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. You yeah. got back problems? Try LSD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're funny, man. Oh, lordy. So, yeah, that's it's interesting. Like I said, I, I think that if done properly and right, I think there's probably a place for testing when it comes to that sort of thing yeah. but i don't think yeah. the government should be in charge of it it should be no. with the justice system or like actual scientists that are not persuaded by any sort of Party. higher power yes this shouldn't even be an operation midnight climax episode this should just be don't take freaking drugs without letting the person know they're taking drugs exactly yeah. don't drug unsuspecting people like i'll be right back mom i want to go take some drugs <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, told me. And he comes out an hour later. Mom, I saw you grow up as a baby, and I saw you die as a baby, and now you're here. And, and I don't know, just all this weird stuff. It's like, what happened to you? Well, I mean, if you if you think about it, they could turn that into a profit. Like, if you just broadcast it, even if you did like a YouTube series on it or something like that, then that way you can pay the people that you're drugging, and you, it could be like a more willing you know sort that of situation. With Netflix documentary. Exactly. Go. <laughs> you know that movie with Jim Carrey, how he has his own life around him, world around him? Imagine oh, that, but yeah. on LSD. You think you're doing all of this, but really just like in your bed laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. But is there anything else major you want to mention about this one specific part, Robbie? No. Nah. Nah. I'm already pissed off at anybody wearing socks and sandals. <laughs> you're welcome, man. <laughs> We'll, with, s- we'll sign, up, sign them all up for uh, their with, unsuspecting doses. With little um, short gray cargo pants. Or like, no, bright yellow ones. You know what? Socks and sandals to you are what Ugg boots and short shorts are to me. I can't stand it. It doesn't make sense. Are you cold? Are you hot? Why are you wearing shorts with furry boots? It doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Sandals are supposed to be an open-toed shoe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> you see a lot of those people out here in Arizona. Uh-huh. It's really scary. Help yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> Stop doing it. That's the that's the whole point of this podcast, it, besides the whole, you know, drug thing. And they're, they're wearing a, what is that called? A, 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 a wife beater. A tank top? Tank top, thank you. I said wife You're beater. Sure. <laughs> You're supposed to be letting people know what places in the United States, which are all the states, which you probably shouldn't go to because there's this type of murder. you got to find the murder that's the least 
I guess, unappealing one to you. Like, oh, this guy was killed with jars of peanut butter on his hands. That's not <laughs> that bad. But then you toss out the socks and sandals, and I immediately cross Arizona off my map of places to go. Yeah, with tank tops, weird shorts, and people weird who want to be gang, like gang bandana hats and... Gang bandanas. Gang bandanas or gang. gangs, pretty much gangsters with bandanas. Like they act all so cool out here. I'm like, oh, you want to fight? You want to fight, boy? I'm like, Jeff, no, go they're home. masks. We all have to wear them. <laughs> <laughs> they're not trying to do anything except for not spread COVID. I take off my both my masks when I get home. What? Oh. <laughs> the one that society gave me. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, so um so yeah, that's I guess that's going to be a part 1, but we are only releasing this part on our um uh, public platform. The rest of our MK Ultra series is actually going to be on our Patreon. Um so that'll be interesting. Available. It's going to be really interesting. We're going to dive deeper into the other aspects and um hopefully I don't know, Robbie, do you want to join us for the rest of them and maybe plan out a couple other times to record or yes sweet okay so then the rest of them will be with robbie also and um, uh robbie by the way how can we how can our fans all few of them find you <laughs> yes please plug all your stuff and again we appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom on this crazy subject i'm happy to be a part of the socks and sandal hating crew <laughs> Uh, this has been awesome. Uh, I will say um, I don't usually promote myself. You can just Google out of the blank. That's that simple. But anybody want to donate to the People Against Socks and Sandals Foundation, <laughs> they need help. Because let me tell you something. This is a rise in our country. We have to stop it now or it'll never stop. It'll just keep on going. And I also want to shout out, if you make like a mean garlic bread, like send that to me. Don't be selfish. What's wrong with you? All right. Well, you you can find Robbie. He's out of the blink podcast, and he, you're on all platforms, right, Robbie? Yeah. If he doesn't want to plug him, then I'll plug him. I'll let you guys know that his podcast is incredible. He covers so many different topics and talks to such a large variety of people. You get a lot of everything. Truly, he had us on there. He has comedians on there. Like he, we said earlier, he had a brothel owner on there. And everything is just... The conversations that they have, it's just like sitting down and... Talking being, with a close, good friend. Exactly. Uh, they're all incredible episodes, and he puts out content like crazy, so you never run out of stuff to listen to. So definitely go check him out, Out of the Blank Podcast. And if you want to reach us... You can uh, go to our Patreon where we're going to have the rest of this series. It's patreon.com forward slash the United States of Horror. And then our email is United States of Horror at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash United States of Horror, Instagram. All that other stuff is linked below. And Spotify. <laughs> That's how I know. Thanks, Jeff. No problem. <laughs> oh, 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 and leave us a like. Right, right? Am yep. I doing a good job? Yep. And five stars. <laughs> yeah. And four, maybe, if you really want. No, five. Do five, five? stars. Five? Okay. Not once? <laughs> you Are you sure? leave me a rating if the garlic bread's good, but I mostly care about the garlic bread. Like, it don't even show up to my house. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you're not going to bring a garlic bread. Send garlic well, bread, please. You'll come up with a basket of garlic bread wearing socks and sandals only. 
then I would be at conflicted emotions. I don't know what I'd feel, hatred or love. I have no clue. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again so much, Robbie, for being on this episode. <laughs> yeah, Jeff here. Kaylee here. We are the United States of Horror. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.